Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Hey there. Before I jump into this episode, I do want to let you know that this episode was previously recorded for the Influx Academy podcast, which if you listen to episode seven, Be the Bonsai, you'll hear that I decided I wasn't so passionate about the Influx Academy podcast idea, and I decided to scrap it before it even launched. This podcast episode, however, was really great And rather than throw away the content and disrespect the guest time, I decided to go ahead and publish it here on the Positive Productivity Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to Influx Academy. This is Kim Sutton. You're going to learn about better leads, bigger launches, and larger profits. And I'm so thrilled to have with us today, Matt Givanisi. Matt, did I get that right? You nailed it. Okay, awesome. And it's Sutton, right? Sutton, Yes. I'm going to give you Matt's quick bio, but then I have to tell you how I found him and how we got introduced. But Matt is an entertaining entrepreneur, website wizard, music maker, video veteran, and alliteration addict. He said I could simplify it to serial entrepreneur, but I think the longer version is so much more fun. So I can't remember if I already said welcome. I'm just so excited to have you here. So welcome, Matt. Oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Matt and I actually... Well, I found Matt. I can't say he necessarily found me, but in a Facebook group, apologies, I don't remember which one, but Matt caught out this phenomenal page on his website about a month ago. I'd love for you to tell the listeners about that page and what it has done for your business so far. Sure. So we are talking about the Matt wants to be on your podcast page. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. There's other ones too that I can talk oh, about. Oh, I can't wait to find those. Yeah. Yes, please. I have a bunch of like Easter eggs all over my site. So yeah, the Matt wants to be on your podcast started as a PR stunt that I was kind of toying with, which was, you know, I want to build Money Lab. I want to build the email list. I want to gain an audience. And I'm not really doing it through SEO and through consistent traffic. So I have to do these small little PR stunts here and there. And This wasn't the first one I've done, but the idea was, you know, how do I get on a bunch of podcasts like with very little effort, but also make the act of getting on those podcasts worth talking about? So it was just like it was like a two way sort of PR move. And so I've hosted a very successful podcast for a long time called Listen Money Matters. I am a podcast producer. I am very familiar with the podcast scene and I know what podcasters are looking for in their guests. And I know that booking guests is one of the hardest things to do unless you're just super popular and people just like flood your inbox. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to, instead of me, the original, you know, normally if you want to get on a bunch of podcasts, you put together what's called one sheet, which I found out after I did this project, that that was the technical name for it. And you put together this, yeah, for this one sheet is one page and you, you know, make a list of all the podcasts that you want to pitch and you you know, basically try to find their email addresses and then you pitch all of them who you are and why you should be on their show or why you think you'd make a great guest on their show or you have your assistant do it so you look bigger than you really are, whatever. That's normally the case. And in fact, when I ran the podcast for so long, that's how we were always pitched. You know, 
we as a podcast went out and found who we wanted on the show, but we got pitched often once our show got super successful. And so I thought, well, what if my one sheet or my one page was so ridiculous, like so such an insane thought and process and funny and what all these things that if I just like posted it on social media, that the actual page itself was so unique that it would spread to a bunch of podcasters saying like, look what this guy did. And then those podcasters would be like, I need to get this guy on my show. That was the thought. And so it originally started out as I wanted to build a landing page where I talked about myself and why I make a good guest. And idea was to have these like goofy pictures of me and all these different reasons and why I would make a great guest. And it started out with, you know, I should be a great guest because I'm funny. I'll deliver value to your show and quotes. And I've done a rap video about podcasting and I own like really expensive podcasting equipment. And I've hosted a show before that was successful. And I have a smooth voice and all these just goofy things. Like I also offered podcasters like intros they could use for me. I offered images that they could use that they could crop themselves into with Photoshop and all these different like ideas that I kind of threw on the page. And once I finished it, because it took a couple of days to make, I didn't just slap it together because I wanted to make sure that the delivery and the jokes would land well. And when I looked at it, I was like, this isn't funny. There's something wrong with this. And the reason that my girlfriend pointed out to me was because I was talking in the first person. So it sounded really douchey when I was saying, like, I have expensive podcasting equipment and I am very valuable and I am very funny. And when you say it that way, it's like, well, this guy's conceited. I don't really want to have him on my show. But changing it to the third person, so instead of saying I am, I have expensive podcasting equipment, it was Matt has expensive podcasting equipment. You know, the same podcasting equipment that Mark Marin uses. So, of course, you have to have him on the show. How insane would you be for not having him? So it became a way to, like, angle it so I could be more self-deprecating, which is what I wanted it to come out as. And I also wanted it to be more ridiculous. And I think, you know, kind of switching it to third person really helped with it. And, you know, I took pictures in my office with a DSLR. I actually had it on. And this is really funny because you can actually see this. There's a whole behind the scenes that I wrote on Medium on how I did this page. And the really funny part about it, which is super behind the scenes, is in order to take all the pictures of myself on that site, I just set up my – I have two soft boxes in my office for lighting. And I set up my DSLR. It's a 70D Canons, you know, 100000 bucks or something like that. And I just filmed myself – it like a straight, like probably like 20 minutes of film of me just posing in different things. And then I took that and imported it into my computer and then took screenshots of the best positions. So there's a video out there that I put on YouTube of me just posing randomly in front of a camera because that's how I did it. So that's why that all came about. And I think when it was all said and done, I ended up booking about 30 podcast interviews. I think I ended up booking like 20 in the first 24 hours. Because that's when it like kind of went minor viral. It didn't go like crazy, crazy, but it did get spread in a few Facebook groups. And I think it may have gotten, you know, on a few like private stuff and got passed around or whatever. And so I I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I booked a lot really quick. So, right. You just blew my mind, though. Like, and I think you've probably just blown the mind of a whole bunch of listeners with how you recorded yourself in a video and then took screenshots. Yeah, yeah, because. So many people, me included, we don't have money to keep on doing 
photo shoot after photo shoot after photo shoot to get all these great poses. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to be honest, I've done it before where I've taken selfies with my iPhone <laughs> because I have no one to take pictures of me. The little right. bit of Photoshop skills, you can – it doesn't have to be – well, all my images were in black and white, and they had a high-pass filter over them, so they have a little grungier look to them. And that was to sort of sharpen up the images because they were taken as screenshots. So there's just little tricks that I did after the fact to make it look super professional when really it kind of wasn't professional. It, I mean, these are we're talking about, you know, a 1080 video that I took screenshots. So we're talking about a very low res final product, but that I kind of, you know, just threw some Photoshop stuff over and, you know, made it. And of course, I, you know, I did a trick where the photo is black and white, but I colored certain things within me. So like my shirt might be blue in one image or like, you know, all the buttons on my mixing board are, are all colorful. So I made the color and the rest of it black and white. So just little, you know, design tricks to kind of mask the fact that I used a video camera to take pictures of myself. How true to you would you say that this page is? Like, is this personally from everything that we've talked about so far, I thought it was pretty awesome and mm-hmm. Like even just on our pre-show, but and the reason I ask this is because I think a lot of people, me included, get stuck in that rut where they feel like they have to do what everybody else is doing. Yes, and they're afraid of expressing their own voice and, well, being real. Mm-hmm. How do you think that your page has reflected the true map? Well, so it isn't me; it's a character of me. I've, right? I've you know this is not. I don't go around smiling like that all day. You know, make goofy comments and talk about myself in the third person. I am really into comedy and I am, I've been doing my, I've been something for quite a few years. And whenever, since I started, like my, I guess my whole life has been like, I'm a ham. That's my, I, I like performing. I was in musical theater. I was in regular theater. I like being the center of attention. I try whenever I meet new people, like my goal is to make them laugh and I'm an entertainer. That's who I am. And when you work from home and you, you know, you run, I have sites where, like I have a site and it's a site that I started back in 2006 and I've had it for 10 years. It teaches people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs. And I could have taken that site and been very, very serious with it. And a lot of the stuff on the site is semi-serious because it has to be, it's about chemistry. But when I first started that site, I just made a vow to myself, like, I can't take this seriously. Nothing, none of this should be serious. Nothing in life should be serious. Like, if you can help it. Like, I mean, I guess as far as, like, not taking myself seriously, that is true to who I am as a person. So, and my voice, my true voice is the one you're hearing right now. I'm not, you know, when I talk on the podcast, it's a very different, it's not a different person, but it's a different, you know, I'm not as goofy or funny consistently throughout an entire page. You know, I have serious moments and serious thoughts. So when I sit down and create any brand, whatever it is, like Money Lab is my newest brand. It's a personal brand of mine. You know, my goal was to not be myself. That's always been a very easy thing for me. You know, the goal was to have fun and sort of like make fun of what our industry has become and kind of like poke fun. And even I do, I do that in the pool industry. I do that in the coffee industry. I take the industry that takes itself so seriously and say, you know, this isn't that serious. And nothing is. Like, we should be making fun of ourselves. We should be self-deprecating. And that's just my belief when it comes to building any brand. And so 
personally, I don't like interacting with brands that are like incredibly serious and take themselves too seriously when it's like, come on, man, you're like, right. you know what you sell, right? You know, it's like you sell sponges. Why do you have to be so serious? You know, why so serious? I do think it is true to me as who I am, but it doesn't like what you're seeing is not like, you know, I'm not happy go lucky all the time. It's just, you know, it's a character in a way. It's an exaggerated version of me. You know, I find that so interesting that you were saying, you know, everybody takes everything so seriously. And you're right. I mean, in your page was truly refreshing. Just last week, I actually posted a video of one of my twins. Mm. He's a year giving kisses to my dog mm-hmm. on my Facebook page. And let me just say, people some people out. were disgusted. Yeah, of course yes, they are. because he opens up his mouth and the dog licks him. Yep. You know, it's gross. We've all yeah, done it. But, it, it. but it's funny. But the next day, I was accepted to become a contributor to Huffington Post. And a dear friend commented that I might want to be careful what I post No. in the future. I disagree with that. I disagree well, with that was, all that. Like, so I'd rather be so this is me and this is my personal opinion so i don't take this as like i think you should do this i would not be careful in fact i would do the opposite of being careful i would just be genuine if i truly believe something then you know and i'm not a bad person so like what i believe isn't like bad things but oh i don't you know like, i don't take it that way like at it's all. not like you're saying like i want all kids to put their mouths on other dogs mouths like that's what i believe and you know you're not going to say that you just like oh this was a joke done the conversation is over it was a joke it happened. There was no way for me to stop it. I filmed it. Great. Whatever. But to retroactively take things down, like I've, you know, in the pool industry, I've gotten in trouble for writing an article about hot tub sex. And people were like, you need to take that down. And I said, but it happens. It happens. It's the number one reason people buy hot tubs to bang right. in it. And I write an article to teach people, like, if you're going to do that, here's some safety precautions. Like, here's, you know, remember when the Jersey Shore was a thing? And everyone was saying, you can't get pregnant in a hot tub. You can, and you should be careful. So my article ranks number one in Google for the term hot tub sex. And (laughs) I do get traffic for that article. And people stay on the page and they read it. They're not looking for porn. Like everyone's like, you're going to get bad people looking for porn. I'm like, no, I'm not. That's not what's going to happen because Google's not stupid. They're not going to be like, they're not going to serve up. Something that isn't, you know, it's whatever. And so, so many people in my industry was like, thought it was distasteful and told me to take it down. And I go, you guys are just ignoring the fact that this happens. And it wasn't as if I was trying to do it as a publicity stunt. I was doing it because I had questions being emailed to me. And I'm like, I need to address this, you know. And I've also gotten told, you know, even in the pool industry saying, you should take down this infographic that shows all these different funny ways to jump into a pool. Like, it's a joke. Most of it is a joke. And people are like, people are going to try this and they're going to sue you. I'm like, no, they're not. First of all, they can't. I'll put a warning on it, sure. But no, like this is a fun thing. People realize that when I say, you know, like do a triple backflip, you know, twist, barrel roll, whatever in the pool, like they're at their risk at that point. It's their pool. I didn't encourage them to do it. It's just an infographic. It's a graphic, you know, and it's something that, you know, I – it's people just taking themselves too seriously and the industry taking themselves too seriously. Well, I'm still sitting here, quite honestly, I'm still sh- sitting here shaking my head that people would actually think that they can't get pregnant. And all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, hello, do you not know how sex happens? Yeah. So they don't. Okay. Just to remind you, you are on Influx Academy. This is not a sex podcast, this is not. but, no. but it's about being true yeah. to, you know, I mean, and 
and you don't have to hide what really happens in life. No, and what I was doing was addressing a problem or a question that people had. Like, this was a legitimate question. And I'm like, oh, am I going to not answer this because it has the word sex in it? Am I going to, you know, avoid this topic altogether? Like, no, I'm going to address it. And you know what? No one else in my industry is because they're all a bunch of prudes and I'm going to win. And that's what happens. And I'm true and I'm honest. And the article was funny. Like, you read that article and you're like, it's informational. There's education to be had there, but it's also like kind of tongue in cheek in a way. And so I think that that is really the crux of it. And on Money Lab, that is my entire marketing strategy is to say, look at our industry as like online entrepreneurs and go, you realize this is all insane, right? This is an, first of all, it's insane that anyone can even do this. Like nowadays, like we can work from home. Like right now, I'm in like gym shorts and sitting at my desk and I have not showered. I have not left the house. It took me two hours to make breakfast. Like, and I'm getting paid lots of money to just sit here and do basically very little work. And the reason this is all possible is insane. It's an insane thought. And, but everyone's like, this is so serious. This is my livelihood. This is my business and my passion. I'm like, calm down. Just calm down. Let's take this for what it really is. Every one of you should be lucky to be where you are right now. And yes, we've all worked hard to get where we are, but you're lucky. You're a lucky individual. And so let's have fun. We're in this position where we're working from home. We get to do what we want. Why aren't we taking advantage of the fact that we can literally have all the fun we want to have and we don't have to just have fun off the internet and off the computer. We can have fun on the computer and with our customers and with the people that we interact with, you know, over the internet. And Money Lab has this, you know, I have a, a set of like 10 brand rules that's on my about page that I strictly follow. But I've done some other pages similar to the Matt wants to be a guest in your podcast. There's another one that I think you'll really enjoy, which if you go to moneylab.co slash email, it's a page called give me your email address or can I have your email? And the whole page is basically just a giant ploy to get your email address from you by like using every single tactic, pop-ups, slide in boxes, you know, <laughs> drop downs, you know, in context. It's an insane ride as you're reading it. That one actually went more viral than the podcast one because that kind of hit like a larger audience and everyone thought like finally somebody is making fun of this in a very unique way and how insane this all is. And even yesterday I saw this Tumblr account that was called something like opt out shaming or something like that. And you ever see those pop-ups that come up and it's like, do you want to subscribe to my email list? You know, enter your email, click yes or no thanks. I hate my life and I want to go away or whatever. Like some like <laughs> random thing that like right? clearly that's not what I think. But you're shaming me into like giving me your email address. Like I right. saw an entire page. I just found like the most ridiculous messages where it's like no thanks. I'd rather just watch Adam Sandler movies. Like come on. Like what do you like? This is really like poor taste. And you can be funny with it, and that is tongue in cheek. But like. At a certain point, it's like we should make a joke about how ridiculous it's all gotten and how ridiculous it's going to get, too. Like, this is only the big, you know, we just this online entrepreneur stuff is pretty new. And every industry has their, like, seriousness. Like, the pool industry, God, like, the pool industry is so serious. And how ironic is that, that the entire industry that is... That blows my yeah, mind. The industry yeah. is based on selling... Recreation. Yeah, selling pools like literally people only buy pools like to have fun and the industry itself is like suits ties like don't talk about this don't talk about that like come on man like why are we not having fun and to be honest like 
the coffee industry is another brand that I run. I run a, a site called RoastyCoffee.com, and that has been a little bit more friendlier and a little bit less taking itself so seriously. But there are a hand few of people who have given me, you know, shit for calling the site roasty, for instance, because roasty apparently is a bad term for like over roasted coffee. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Or like, you know, somebody has said like, oh, you're catering to the wrong people or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, like, shut up. Like, I actually right? have like, so I, this one little joke that I have throughout the site is I give what's called hipster tips. So like, you're reading a post about how to use a French press and I'll give like a tip on like, you know, you should how to preheat the French press so you get the, the maximum amount of flavor, whatever I say. I label it a hipster tip and I have my girlfriend do this little like miniaturized cartoon hipster guy who's like drinking a coffee and he's giving this little tip in the thing. And it's like, I'm sure that's derogatory to hipsters, but it's funny. And so I'm going to continue to run with that and people are going to enjoy that. And I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take it down because one guy's like, ooh, this is lame. I'm like, all right, see ya. Go, there's a little, so, so many coffee sites you can go visit someone else's. No, there's always going to be people who are offended by something. Mm -hmm. Actually, I posted an article a couple months ago I can't remember exactly what it was called. It's on my blog, though, and it was something about how business tips from the bedroom or something like that. And I was just yeah. trying to tell about how, you know, the stages of sex, yeah. like foreplay and climax, are sort of similar to, yeah. you know, the stages of getting a prospect warmed up into becoming a client. Right. You know, you sort of tease them and all that. And I personally thought it was funny. I, I don't think a lot of people responded because, you know, they get a little bit concerned about who's going to see that they like that post. Right. Right. Or my favorite just recently is, and Matt, you should seriously try to take a stab at the womanpreneur community. That's a joke. Ugh. But, you know, where yeah. there or the mompreneur community where people are talking about how it makes them so much more effective or efficient if they get up in the morning and they take a shower and they get dressed and they put on their makeup and then they get to work. Yeah. But it's the same as what you were just talking about. You're in gym shorts. Now, you can't tell me that getting up and putting on a bra is really going to make you that much more efficient. Well, it's helped me. It hasn't it's helped me. But maybe I just got to get resized, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, yeah. you got to know your size. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, wow. Yeah. I, so I know that. Well, I, I have the same issue with people telling me to get up early. Like they're just like, "Oh, you could get up early. Like you'll be so much more productive." And I'm like, "Um, that's for you, man. <laughs> like, don't. You know. So one of the things that I try to avoid on my site, on Money Lab specifically, is I avoid giving advice completely. And when I go out in public, you know, I, when I talk to my good friends and they ask me for advice, I will give my advice. But publicly and to people I don't know, I won't give advice. What I do is and the way I circumvent that is say, well, here's what I do, you know, and I say, here's, you know, they're like, oh, do you think I, you know, do you think I should get up early to like, you know, get more done? I'm like, well, I get up at eight and then like stay in bed for an hour and read. And then I make a long breakfast. And then I work and then I sometimes don't. And then I work at night sometimes and I go to bed sometimes or not like that's what I do. So I don't know. So I actually have this default email script that, you know, so if anyone wants to email me, I make my email address very public on my website and I do get emails a lot. And people will ask me, you know, my advice on something or they'll ask me like about a business idea that they have and my thoughts on it. And my immediate response is, I don't know, go try it and then tell me what happens. Because 
I can speculate all day. I'm very good at giving opinions and speculating and giving advice. Like, I would love to do that. But that's not doing anyone any favors. That's me saying, like, well, I don't really know. My only advice, my biggest advice is just go and do it. Like, go try it. Because if I try something like this email page, right, or the, or I'm sorry, like the podcast page, like Matt wants to be on your podcast. I tried it. It worked very well. But someone else will try to copy it. And they'll try it, and then it may not work as well. And they'll be like, oh, that was bad advice for Matt. It's like, well, I never told you to do it, you know? But I could have written an article saying, like, you know, here's how I got booked on 30 interviews, and you can too. And I'm like, here's what you need to do. You need to create a page, be very authentic, deliver value, and just spew out bullshit, you know, just kind of like generalized terms that really aren't helpful, that really aren't actionable, until you say to somebody, you know what, I'm not going to tell you how to do this. All I'm going to say is whatever's in your brain right now, just go make it happen and then tell me what happens afterwards. And then I'll say, cool. You know, I'm not going to have an opinion afterwards either. They're going to say like, hey, you know, I tried to build your, you know, I tried to make an email or, a, you know, get on your podcast page. It didn't work. I'm like, nah, it sucks, man. You know, <laughs> that's, right. that's my advice. Uh, well, at least you tried. Go try something else now instead of wasting your time emailing me because that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to tell you, go try it because, I mean, at the end of the day, like you – I mean, you're early in my career. Like you have to read, right? You have to like get as much knowledge as you can and, you, and some people get caught in that trap where they're just constantly reading and they're constantly you know, looking for an answer or a quick fix because they just haven't started yet. I mean when I first came up with the idea for university in 2004 – I told everybody about it. I was like, oh, I got this idea. It's like, it's going to be this website and people are going to be able to like look up stuff and like get rid of algae really quickly. And I'm going to be awesome. And it's going to be funny. It's going to be fun. And then people were like, two years later, you keep talking about this website, Matt. What the, what the hell is it? And I'm like, oh. and then finally, like my, I was in a band and my bass player was like, you need to do this site. Cause I'm going to punch you if you don't like, you know, <laughs> if you don't make it, cause you've just been talking about it so much. And so I was like, all right. And so kind of like, you know, he kind of kind of gave me a kick and I made it. And then it was like, oh, wow, everything I said I was going to do or maybe some things I said I was going to do, I ended up not doing or some things I kind of did more of. And it wasn't until I started doing it more and more that it, like I realized like, oh, like all of this reading, all of this like, you know, knowledge like really hasn't helped me. What really helped got all the knowledge from was actually making it, you know, and I had to learn on the fly and figure out things as I went and, you know, trial and error and all those things. And Right. really didn't have anybody to help me because I was in an industry where this didn't exist. I, you know, you follow people who run blogs and teach people about blogging, but I was running something totally different and people really didn't, you know, couldn't really help me. Well, and you waited and I do agree. Like there's people who just keep on learning and learning and learning and then they keep on pushing it off. I'm going to come back to there not being anything out there like it in just a moment, but I can't remember if it was Pat Flynn or John Lee Dumas or maybe even somebody completely different, but one of them said they were procrastinating launching their podcast because they were afraid of failure, yeah. right? Yep. And I think that's a big key for a lot of people. Yeah. They're afraid to just push go because they, they're afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to fail immediately. Yep. yep, everyone does. And then some people have successes. Some people get lucky. I mean, when I published Swim University, it took 10 years for it to like even – like actually it took like eight years for it to be my full-time income. Eight years. And I failed so many times. Like I had written stuff for two years 
And then Panda, like Google Panda hit, and I just like the site got crushed. And I was like, oh, but you know what? I just kept going. I'm like, I have to make this work, you know, and I just kept getting better and better at it. And, you know, now I'm at a point where, like, I feel more confident to put things out into the world and I know that they'll do well. But a lot of them are going to, like, not do well and not succeed. And, you know, I'll fail at little things here and there. Like, you do. Like, I mean, I put out a sales video and, like, everyone didn't like it. And so I was like, all right, I got to change it. You know, like, you put it out there, you get some feedback from people you trust, and then you reiterate and you, you know, make it better and you keep going. And our podcast, is like, to kind of go back on that, is like, we have, I mean, List of Money Matters is a podcast about personal finance. It's very successful. But the first eight months, we had 200 subscribers, like, the whole time, like, or 200 downloads and episodes, not even 200 subscribers. And for eight months, and we were putting out episodes left and right. And it just took time. It just took, like, more effort. And, like, we were like, this is a good show. People need to find out about this. But, you know, at any point of those months, we could have given up. But that's just, you know, I really had faith in the show. And so did my co-host. And we had faith in the brand. And we're like, this is going to work. We need to just try some different stuff. And, you know, what we were doing wasn't working. And so instead of giving up and quitting it, we just quit the idea of what we were doing and saying, okay, new idea. Let's move in this direction. And we kept the same show. We made it a little bit different. But we didn't have to rebrand or anything. We just kind of like a slight pivot, you know, a slight change in direction and a slight like focus on it. And, you know, it ended up working for us, but it could have went another eight months with nothing. And it's like, all right, well, do we still personally believe in the show? Then let's keep going. If we don't, if we just hate doing this and we're just both like sucks, we hate this, we're going to stop. So that's what you do. So I think it's my first brand rule on Money Lab, which is have fun, make money. That's it. So if I'm making money, but not having fun, then should I even be doing it? Like, if money's not that important that, like, if I'm miserable every day, but I'm making good money, like, no, thank you. Well, you could go back and be employed by somebody else. I, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd have a great life just, like, getting a steady paycheck and clocking in and out and, like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I didn't leave my job because I hated my job. I loved my jobs. I was very good at my jobs. You know, I just wanted to also be self-employed because I thought it'd be fun. Like, I still have a job. It's still a job for me. It's just, you know, that wasn't the reason I left. It wasn't the reason I had to get out. I was like, oh, I hate the nine to five. Like, I got to I got to do my own thing. Like, I got to break. I got to be free. It's not what I thought. <laughs> that was just like, I'm just interested in being my own boss. That's all. You know, and it's right. like, I didn't mind going to work. I enjoyed my work. It was very similar to what I do now, actually. So. And you wanted to work in your gym shorts. Yeah, you know, and I actually had a job where they let me dress. I didn't work from home, but I got to dress the way I wanted to. And I got to work on my computers. I got to do website design and marketing stuff and build websites and all that kind of stuff. So I got to do what I wanted to do because that's where I had it. But, you know, I ended up becoming my own boss, which is nice. Matt, this has been great. Seriously, like, I'm going to have to... Like, as soon as we're done recording, quite honestly, I'm going to have to have my husband listen to the oh. sex and hot tub section. Nice. But yeah. Where can the listeners find out more about you? And I'm going to put all these links right into the show notes. Sure. But where can they get your brand rules and see or get Matt on your podcast page and all of those? You can go to moneylab.co slash dingle. Oh, that's a catchy mm. URL. Yeah, yeah that's because awesome. I wanted people to actually like ears perk up. What did he just say? Did he just say dingle? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. If that word said around my house, we wonder what they're talking about. Right. 
right? There's nothing the, bad there. <laughs> just, just, no, I'm not. <laughs> I've already been there, so okay. I'm not worried about it. But no, this has been awesome, and I just want to like. I hope all the listeners will take note and you know be true to who you are yeah. and just you know stop worrying about what the rest of the world's gonna say and yeah, have fun with being an entrepreneur. That's it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Matt. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce your last <laughs> name again. I got it once already. Thank you for joining us on Influx Academy, and we will catch you next time. I appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast, and I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to share with others, please feel free to do so. I'd also appreciate your comments, your reviews, your ratings, and you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher, or even by clicking through to my website at thekimsutton.com and just leave a comment down below the podcast. I also want to invite you to send me questions at any time that I can address on one of the future episodes. To send me a question to address on a future episode, just visit my website at thekimsutton.com and click on the contact tab at the top. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and I wish you a day filled with positive productivity.